0: Good morning, saints. It is so special to have you here with us today. And Mother's Day is a very special day in the year as well. For those of you that are following, watching us online, you are so welcome. It's so great to have you with us as well today. Two reasons Mother's Day is for me very, very special. And I want to start with a big picture. I want to take a step back. And say, first of all, it's about God. God's love for each one of us. God has poured out his love in our hearts. Ephesians says to us, before the foundation of this whole world, you were already planned. You are not an afterthought. You are planned from before the foundation. You are born for a time like this you didn't come delivered in an Amazon box at your front door. God created a mother to bring you into this world. And that is why I want us all to say a big, big thank you to our mothers. Thank you for carrying us. Just a moment. Thank you for carrying us. Thank you for nursing us. Thank you for wiping our tears and wiping many others as well, places. Thank you for... Sharing Jesus with us. Thank you for your love. Thank you. Let's give God a big thank you for our mothers. (laughs) Not all of us today have the same feeling about our mothers. Some of us have awesome, amazing, amazing mothers. Others' mothers died when they were young. Others were abandoned. Others grew up with mothers that were very, very sick. Some people boycott Mother's Day in the church because of the pain, because of the disillusionment, because of the brokenness in our world. Some singles want to be mothers, but God has not sent a husband. Some couples want to have children, and God has not blessed them with children. Some children have died at a young age. There are just so many people from one chair to the other. It may be different this morning. Can I just say, I am very, very sorry about your pain. I wish I had the words to comfort and encourage you today. But I want to invite you to come and sit with me at the Lord's feet today. We've just sang about him, how great he is, how amazing he is. He is the God of all comfort that can comfort us. And those of us that had amazing moms, let's celebrate that today as well at the same time. I also realize that some of you may be here this morning under duress because it's Mother's Day. (laughs) And you're not here because of your own free will. Can I plead with you? I've prayed a lot for you. Please do not switch off this morning. I believe God also has a word for you today. Will you give him the opportunity to speak to you today? Let's pray together. Our Father, a very big thank you for our mothers. Our memories may be different, But nevertheless, they gave us the opportunity to be here today, to love you and to experience your love and to live out that love. Thank you. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. And Lord, for those that are in agony today, in pain, disillusionment, brokenness, will you please come and comfort them as well? Will you please come as a father and wipe their tears away? Will you restore to them today the joy of their salvation again? You said to us in your word, From you, through you, and to you are all things. Will you be so real and tangible in our midst today, please? Thank you, Lord. We ask it in your Son's name because of his love for you and for us. Amen. Today we are going to journey together in Judges chapter 13. It's a very familiar story. It's the story of Samson's life. But our focus today is not going to be on Samson. It's not even going to be on his dad. But we are going to journey with his mother... I don't know if you've ever heard a message on a nameless person, but Scripture does not mention her name. Let's turn to Judges chapter 13. If you have the Bible in the pew, it's page 199. And it starts off in verse 1, and it shares with us the context in which this whole passage is taking place. What was happening at that stage? It says, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord. So it was not the first time. They've done it before. And before they have also experienced, the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. And it's in the middle of that period, maybe at the beginning of it, that this story is unfolding. What was happening? The Israelites were living in the caves in the mountains because the moment they will sow, the Philistines will come and take their crops. They even moved into their houses. They were desperate. And it's so amazing for me, every time when we come to this point of desperacy, God intervenes. And then we read, in verse 2, and God inter, God's intervention come from the most unexpected source. There was a certain man of Zora, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. Let's go to Zora first. If you take Jerusalem, And you draw a straight line to the Mediterranean. It's about 35 miles. And if you take halfway on that, you will find the little town of Zorah. That is where Samson was born. He was from the tribe of the Danites. And right next to it is the tribe of Judah. And just below it is the kingdom of the Philistines. And here we read about a woman that is nameless, a woman that is childless, a woman that is honorless, and a woman that is purposeless. Can you identify with her? So many people today are finding themselves in the same place, nameless. Nobody takes any notice of you. You feel like you are just wandering around in this world. You have no purpose. You have been shamed so many times. You have no honor left in your heart. And it is to this woman that the angel of the Lord came in verse 3. She is mentioned 20 times in chapter 13 and 14 by only these three words. The wife, the woman, and the mother. No name. Let's read her story. Then God stepped in, and in one verse, her life and the life of the whole nation is changed. Verse 4, therefore, now Pastor Bill Hoot recently said to us, whenever you read therefore, you need to go and look why it's therefore. It is therefore, the angel said to her, the wife, the woman, the mother, Be careful and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hands of the Philistines." four things changes at once in this woman's life if you look at the rabbinic literature she has a name and she has an amazing name her name is Zalel, Zalel Pony. zel means shadow her mother called her zel zel and they shortened that to Zelel. Poni means come upon me. So we think what happened when she was born. Her mother was say, shade, come upon me. It may have been a very hot day. And twice she called out, shade, come upon me. Shade, come upon me. But very little did her mother know the prophetic implications of that name. Because the shade of God was very often called his angels. And twice the angel of God appeared to her. She's no longer nameless. She has this magnificent name. She's no longer childless. In one moment, God changes her barrenness. She's no longer with shame. God has honored her. And she's no longer without purpose. Because in this verse, her purpose becomes very, very clear. You are not to drink any strong drink, and he shall be a Nazarite. Then in verse 6, she did the right thing. She shared it with her husband. She told her husband, Manoah, God's story. So often we talk about sharing Jesus. This is exactly what Zelopuni did. She rushed over to her husband. Then the woman came in verse 6 and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of an angel of God. Very awesome. And then she just covered all her bases. Look what she said to them because she knew this was what he was going to ask her. I did not ask him where he's from and he did not tell me his name because Manoah would immediately have asked, where is he from and what is his name? And she said to him, he didn't tell me. But he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean for the child shall be a Nazarite to God, from the womb to the day of his death. What does it mean to be a Nazarite? In Numbers chapter 6, there is a long description. It meant three different things. First of all, it was a vow that you take, a vow to be completely separated to God. Normally, it was for a certain period of time, and it was also voluntary. When Christ came... That vow changed. God, as I said to you right in the beginning, loves you with an amazing love, each one of us. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. But we, as people, we have sinned. And the wages of our sin is death, and that caused separation between us and God. But God so desired for us to be reconciled with him that he sent his son, Jesus. And now he's asking us, will you believe that? Will you receive my son? Will you repent? Will you turn around and come to me? I'm waiting for you. So God replaced the vow with a covenant, a covenant that cannot be broken, because this covenant is written in the blood of His Son. The second thing, it is voluntary in the sense that every day I need to submit my will to His will. Even Jesus prayed it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, not my will, but Your will be done. The second thing about A Nazarite, there were three things that were required of him. And it was said in this passage, the first one, no drinking of wine or any of the fruit of the vine. And the second one was no cutting of hair. And the third one was no touching the dead. And it is so sad that you see all three of these vows broken by Samson later on in his life. He did not keep this vow but shh, his mother kept it. Zalel Pony kept the vow because we produce after our own kind. The angel said to her, You need to live a holy life, because the son that you will bear needs to be separated unto God. We produce after our own kind. Your children have told this to you many, many times. They listen to what you say, and sometimes not so much, but they do what you do. We produce after our own kind. We cannot live one way and expect our children to do something different. Then, in verse 8, Manoah prayed to God, because now he's desperate to also see this angel. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And isn't verse 9 beautiful? And God listened to the voice of Manoah. God listened to the voice of Manoah. Beloved saints, God is listening to you. He is so eager to hear you ask. But please also note, his prayer was not answered in the way he wanted to have it answered. (laughs) God answered his prayer through his wife. It says, verse 9, God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? He said, I am. And it's so interesting, the words that is used to describe the angel twice when he came. The first word was, he is awesome. The second word, we will come to that in a little bit. He has a wonderful name. And the third place, he said, you need to offer to God because he's the Lord to the one who works wonders. Wonderful, wonderful name, awesome, the Lord who who works wonders. That is the God we are talking to when we are praying. He's not far away. He's not distant. He's not hiding in the cupboard. He wants to answer your prayers. He does not always answer them in the way you think they are supposed to be answered. And here we see an illustration of that. And then verse 12. Manoah perhaps asked the most important question in this whole chapter. And Manoah said, now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life? And what is his mission? Now the or- angel already communicated that to Zelelphony to his mother. He said to her, he will be a Nazarite from, his, from the womb till his death. In other words, he need to live a life separated unto God. He need to live a holy life. And his mission to begin to save Israel. And it's interesting, the angel did not give Manoah the answer. All he says to her, or says to him, is, and the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. In other words, let she live a holy life. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. The question I have for you, Tomoe, are you living in a way that is honoring to our God, like Zelel Pune It is so sad to see what happened to Samson, and we find that very often. Some of the sadness in our hearts this morning is yes, God did give me a child or children. And some of them have made choices like Samson that was not honoring to God. Can I just say to you as a mother and a father, it is not your fault. Can I say that again? It is not your fault. The accuser, the enemy, wants continuously to put you down. Yes, I need to continue to pray and plead with God for their decisions. But there comes a time that each one of us have to take accountability, responsibility for our decisions. Daily, Karen and I are praying this very simple prayer. The first thing we ask the Lord, if this is God and this is us, We pray for divine alignment. In other words, that we will have clean hands and a pure heart. That there will not be bitterness or unforgiveness in our hearts. And that our lives will be aligned with our Father. If it's not aligned, we rebel. We do our own thing. We miss our purpose. We are not living holy lives. The second thing that we ask every day, God will you please give us divine opportunities? Opportunities where we can talk about your name and your fame. And then the third one, God, will you please give us divine appointments, people that we can connect with, that can teach us your ways, because we still need to grow. And God, will you please connect us with people with whom we can walk away And share with them about the great things that you have done. Let's go to verse 15. Manoah completely misses God in this whole passage. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please, listen to what he's saying to him. Please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. So beautiful how the angel is trying to redirect Manoah's attention to God. And then it says, for Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel, what is your name? So that when your word come true, we may honor you. Let's go back to his prayer. He said, Lord, will you not please send the angel again? God sent him the angel. And now he doesn't recognize God has sent him the angel. It reminds me so much of a story we've heard in Australia during the recent floods that they had there. There was a Christian family, and the floodwaters were rising, and they get onto top of the roof of their house, and a rescue helicopter came to pick them up, and the husband said to the wife, no, I've prayed that God will come and rescue us. They must go. And she just shook her head. And then an hour later, a rescue boat comes. And he said to his wife, I've prayed that God will come and rescue us. And she said, Sorry, my husband, but I'm taking this boat. I don't know about you. So often, God is reaching out. He's already spoken, He's already come to our rescue. But just like Manoah, we don't recognize Him. We want to detain him. We want to give him food to eat. We want to know what his name is. Verse 18, And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with a grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. This wonderful one, he is also the one that works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up towards heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife hit the deck. Manoah and his wife were watching and they fell on their faces to the ground. Zelelponi clearly heard God's voice. And was obeying his voice. And then huge fear gripped Manoah's heart. He said, We are going to die, verse 21. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he saw, knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. And again Zalepuni step into him and say to him, "Noah, calm down." Emotions does not have a mind. Can I say that again? Emotions does not have a mind. They just c- come over us like a flood, like a tsunami. Our emotions, we need to take back to God's word and say, "Do they align?" With God's word. And that is exactly what Zelelepuni did. Listen to what she said to him. She said, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted the burnt offering, or shown us all these things, or announced to us such things as these. What an amazing woman! Was not run over by a Mano- Manoah's fears, he accepted our offering. Beloved, you have been accepted into the kingdom of God because of Christ's offering. You can stand tall before our Father. The second place, he has shown us all these things. God has shown to us in his word, his will, and all he's asking us: take your emotions and align them. Are they aligned with my word? Three questions so important. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? If the answer is no to any of these three, get rid of the fear, get rid of the accusations. And the third one announce to us such things. God daily comes and announces to us what is on his heart. Daily he wants to give us his marching orders. And then we come to the last two verses in chapter 13. What was Zalelphoni's influence on Samson's life? And the woman, verse 24, bore a son and called his name Samson. And three things happened. The young man grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. In Mahanendan between Zorah and Eshtaol. Zelel was involved in all three of those things. She was there to help him grow as a young man. She was there to help him with God's blessing upon his life. She was sharing with him how did it happen that he's here. And she was there to help him. When the spirit of God began to move in Samson's life, can you imagine what did he have to do with that? Suddenly have this amazing strength. Suddenly has this desire to beat up the Philistines. Can you imagine to have a mom walking you through all those motions? But Zalelpuni was there. Then in chapter 14, we read her for the last time about this woman, this mother, and this wife. Zalelpuni. She doesn't feature again. Samson grew up. He judged Israel for 20 years. He ruled Israel for 20 years. And then he got involved in a wrong relationship with Delilah. She deceived him. They cut off his hair. He was powerless. The Philistines came and they gouged out his eyes. They threw him in prison. And then the Philistines organized a big feast to celebrate the victory of their God over the God of Israel. And in the last verse of chapter 16, we read that the whole family went up there. And I just imagine myself, Zalephuni with Manoah, standing in front of that huge building, and here comes Samson with his arms spread wide ready to push over. And he prayed one more prayer. God, give me the strength. And Samson, in spite of the life that he lived, fulfilled God's purpose to begin to save Israel. And he died with 3,000 of the leaders of the Philistines. Can we fast forward 1,000 years And there was another mother standing before the cross. Her son was also fulfilling his father's purpose to die for the sins of the whole world. Her name was Mary. But the big difference is he didn't just die to please his father so that we can be reconciled with him. He also died so that you and I can get purpose to live for so that we can have a purpose to die for. It is through Him that we have a name, because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It is through Him that we can make disciples, either through our children or other children that God has granted us, spiritual children. It is through Him that we do not have to live in dishonor and in shame. And it is through His name and through his, himself giving us meaning and purpose that we can live. As long as you breathe, you have a purpose from God to be here, a purpose to celebrate. One of those purposes is in this week on Thursday, they need help in the clothing closet. That is a purpose to be fulfilled. They need help with our children. That is a purpose that God wants to use you here right now i'm closing by asking you today will you not make this mother's day as a Pony day what do i mean by that she her name meant shadow come down on me can we pray That God will again come and fill our hearts with His love, with His hope, and with His purpose. Shall we all stand together and then we can pray?